Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. Yes, this is your favorite show, Sports Unfolded, with your favorite host, Eric and Ron. Hey, welcome to Sports Unfolded, episode 16 of season two. I'm your host, Eric, my main man right over there, Ron. How are you? Hello, everyone. So, as normal, NBA playoffs have started. NHL playoffs are on its way. Uh, NFL news. So, we've got tons to unfold, as usual. So excited about this episode because I feel like we're going to have some really good debates here tonight. I just feel like... As I drop my prop, uh, that we're going to be going through some stuff tonight that it's going to be pretty interesting. So let's start off with our leadoff story, and that is the Boston Celtics. Uh, obviously, our local team has taken a two-zero lead on the Brooklyn Nets. Do you think the series is over? Um. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it's over because it's only been game two. You know. Um. I. I don't see Brooklyn being able to beat the Celtics in a best of seven series at this point. So you're pretty confident again, the series is over. <coughs> Boston's going to win it. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm pretty confident. So I would say that if you looked at the two games and we look at exactly what happened or transpired, there really was uh, an opportunity for Brooklyn to win that game the other night. Yeah, uh, and basically was up by 15. Boston came back, and I think it was more about Brooklyn playing poorly and not as much about Boston offensively doing more. If you look at the numbers in this series, they're pretty similar. Brooklyn and, and Boston are both shooting about 50%. Brooklyn's actually shooting a little better. I think Brooklyn's at 50. Boston's at 49 Boston's got a slight edge in rebounding, but assists, turnovers, steal, everything's even. My fear is this. As a Celtic fan, and I know you don't want to hear this, Kevin Durant hasn't played Kevin Durant basketball. Kyrie hasn't played Kyrie Irving basketball. If those two play well, and these games are so tight as it is, you can't tell me that Boston, it's its its that much of a lock that Boston wins this series. Eric, I mean, you're talking about, first of all, there's a big difference in defensive play. Like, clearly the Celtics are better defensively. And the reason why Kevin Durant isn't playing like Kevin Durant is because their defense has been that good against Kevin Durant. And he's taken... Poor shots 
you know, so his shot selection hasn't been as good because he can't get open. When he goes down the lane, he's getting hit. So he's going to the line, you know, and that's why he had like 20 something free throws, you know, the other night. And, you know, it, it's look, it's tough basketball. You're seeing the Celtics play like they played in the 80s and 90s where you go down that lane, you're getting bodied and you're going to have to get through it. And the calls have been sporadic here and there. And there's been a lot of calls, a lot of foul calls. Yeah. But you know, that, that is tough basketball. And if Kevin Durant can't figure it out, they're going to fail. So let me ask you this question. At what point do we worry about the officiating changing the complexity of this series? For some reason, and I will say this, when they're in Boston, they allow them to play a tougher defense. They allow them to, they let a lot more go. Right. When they're in Brooklyn, if they allow it to become more of a finesse, offensive minded game, that definitely hurts Boston. That's my fear is that the the officiating is honestly going to dictate this series. Because I could see them very easily going in games three and four and calling it a lot different. They're not going to allow some of that stuff. They're going to allow these guys to get their shots off. They're going to allow these guys to get in the paint, which they're not, they didn't let them do in Boston. We've got to worry about that. Yes, but, you know, I mean, you also have to look when, you know, Robert Williams comes back. Next game. In the paint, he's going to make a difference there. And so that was some big you know, news, yeah. and I and I still think, you know, through all of this, I don't think the Celtics have played very well. They have not. They have not. So again, game one, they had a big lead, and they let it go, and then had to have a last second, you know, hero moment yep. for Tatum, and then game two, they fell behind so badly, you know, they had to expend a lot of energy to make a run and catch up and ultimately win the game, you know, what seemed to be pretty comfortably, even though, you know, by, by, you know, the gameplay, it wasn't really that comfortable, but by the score, it looked comfortable, but they had to make a comeback and, and, you know, so. Yeah. Listen, we saw some good things we wanted to see as a Boston Celtic fan. You want to see, them step up in a key moment. Jason Tatum, we had discussed in the past that he hasn't hit big shots or he hasn't come through in, in, in a key moment. He did game one. Absolutely. I would even say in game two, in the fourth quarter, he clearly was struggling for three quarters. Then he made some big shots, hit a key three. Yeah, that that three-pointer was huge for, for the Celtics. And that that brought them back, and, and it was a different game from there. So – Getting Robert Williams back, I think if they can win game three and not have to expend a lot of energy with him, that's a good thing. Right. Let him get at least a little more rest before, you know, you need him to go full tilt if they get to the next round. Ben Simmons, though, is going to definitely play game four. Yep. If Brooklyn takes game three, are we getting a little more nervous now that they're getting more firepower as well? Look, you have to wait and see what Ben Simmons can do. He's going to be huffing and puffing up and down that court. I don't think he can stay in the game very long. 
I mean, I could be wrong, you know, because I don't know how fit he is. Um, but I got to say, he can't possibly be in game shape. He can't possibly. Chakra, thanks for joining. So the one thing he does very well is, is play good, uh, solid defense. That's my fear is now they're going to put him on a Tatum. He's 6'10", so it's there's no size disadvantage. We could see uh, you know Tatum struggle a little bit. Jalen Brown will be a key for Boston going forward. His play last week, or last week, the last game was phenomenal when they needed some big baskets. He was able to drive, make make some you know key baskets. You got to see him continue to do that. And then Tatum's going to have his moments now. And when Tatum steps up, you know he's going to be the the difference maker. But uh, really excited to see what happens uh, tomorrow night with this game. I'm sure we'll be talking to each other during it. But let's uh, let's move on to some NFL action. And as you know, the season isn't around the corner, but the draft is. So there's been a yeah, lot of week. Thursday. Yep. Thursday is the draft, uh, which join us on Thursday. Sports Unfolded will be doing a, a watch party where we'll be watching it and discussing the draft as uh, the draft is happening. So tune in for that on Thursday night. And but, pulling the rest of our hair out. Yeah, whatever from, hair we have. Why now. are you drafting him? <laughs> So I'm excited because what ends up happening pre-draft is a lot of trade rumors, a lot of trade talk, guys that possibly could get traded. One of those is Kyla Murray. So as an Arizona Cardinal fan, obviously I would be upset if I was an Arizona Cardinal fan and this was a talking. But would you trade the young quarterback at this point? No. But like, how long has Arizona been waiting to get, you know, to the point where they can make runs in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's like, now that you've got the guy that can get you there, why not try to make sure that you keep your players that surround him and help him out a little? But no, they didn't do that. They're letting people walk left and right. And here we are now. No, Oh, well, now we, we might trade Kyla Murray to get who? Who? Who are you going to get? What, a first-round pick? Yeah, so the draft class isn't very good when it comes no. to quarterbacks this year. Um, so that wouldn't make any sense. Look, he's 22-23-1 in his career in Arizona. He's thrown for over 11,000 yards, 70 touchdowns, 34 interceptions. His numbers are very good, 66.9% completion percentage. Look, if you if you trade Kyler Murray for whatever, I don't even care if it's the first pick overall, what are you going to end up with? What are you no. going to end up with? An unknown. You're, you're, you're going to have no quarterback. And then you might get a defensive player that possibly could be ready, you know, to to plug one of those holes, like say an edge rusher, you know, to replace Chandler Jones. So okay, but at, that's not going to do you any good. I looked at it this way: five, ten, and one in his first season. Went eight and eight in year two, nine and five last year. Obviously, he had some injuries, but they've improved each year. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, do you know, Ron, the two quarterbacks that the other two quarterbacks that got selected in 2019? I, I don't expect you to. So, but Kyla Murray, the number one pick, 2019. Well, I was thinking it was um, Rose, uh, Ro whatever his name is. Um, Axel Rose, not Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Rose uh, did... Rosen. Yes. Rosen? No, it wasn't Rosen. There were two other quarterbacks taken in the 2019 
draft in the first round. Daniel Jones. Oh, boy, that's right. And the late, unfortunate Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Uh, so those are the only. That's a sad other, story. Yeah. Those are the only other two quarterbacks that got taken. So wow. if you look at the quality of what they were, obviously we won't know what Haskins could have possibly been. But, yeah. you know, his short stints. He had a lot of talent. But his short stints weren't. They didn't do very well in Washington. And then he was in Pittsburgh and may have competed for a job this year. Daniel yeah, he Jones, could have competed this year. Last year, I mean, you knew yeah. it wasn't, he wasn't going to play. And then Daniel Jones is such a question mark as to what kind of quarterback he is. So going, right. But going into these drafts, like you don't know, that could be your quarterbacks. Yeah. So getting rid of a guy, you know, can improve your team each year. Wouldn't make sense to me. No. Uh, and again, if you look at what Kyla Murray is able to do, the only knock on Kyla Murray that anybody can say is his size. His height sometimes could be a problem, but then he maximizes his speed, which counteracts his height. What's his height? I think he's 5'10". Okay, so, and what's Garoppolo? Probably around the same, six, I think Garoppolo's six. So, I mean, look, if you're you're that talented, I don't think that's really a problem, unless you're standing in the pocket the whole entire time. Yeah, we know. Then you have to change your arm angles and stuff, you know, but he's on the move a lot. And let me tell you that that he can throw. He can throw a ball. And if he's on the run, if he's rolling out, I don't think his height matters. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. I I, I just think they'd be foolish. I agree with you. How long has Arizona been trying to get a a legitimate contender? Build around them. Uh, and, and that would just be continue. foolish, to be yeah. honest with you. Listen, they need offensive line help. Get the kid some uh, help on the offensive line. Make sure that he's getting some protection. They've got solid wide receivers. They've got a yeah. good running back. Yep. Do not do not break this thing up right no, now. Because it's like, too early. It's okay. too early. So you can't get a quarterback really in the draft. So you wouldn't trade him to get another quarterback because that's that's dumb. Doesn't make any sense. And. If you plan on trading him and picking up a draft pick and a quarterback, I mean, your only two options really are Love and Baker Mayfield. That's your two options. Or Garoppolo. So three options. Uh, Like, how does that improve your team? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't improve your team. It makes no sense whatsoever. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's staying put. And, you know, they're going to try to figure it out, you know, the replacement of Chandler Jones through the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. If they do trade him, there's definitely should be some backlash because that would be one of the dumbest. Oh, absolutely. The GM came out and said absolutely zero chance. So I think, again, we've heard that before in the past, but I think he honestly understands that there's no way. I'm going to ask you this one quick question, and we weren't going to cover this, but I'm just curious. Do you feel like teams – shy away from signing these quarterbacks that are mobile because of the injury factor. So you look at Lamar Jackson with Baltimore, it's the same thing. Like he's probably going to have to play this year without renewing his contract. Kyler Murray, the reason why he was the, the trade talk was started because he's trying to get a new contract and they're kind of hesitant to give it to him. Do you think sometimes the mobile quarterbacks have a tendency to, to have to wait longer because they teams want to see if they're going to stay healthy? Yeah, well, that's just it. They don't, you know, they don't stay healthy because you rely on, you know, being fleet of foot 
and that catches up with you eventually. And like you can say all you want about the skill level, but you're going to get hit. You're going to get hurt at some point. And you tend to look, the more you run with the ball, the more chances of twisting an ankle, turning a knee, you know, rolling over your foot, you know, you know, you're going to get, you know, banged up a bit. I mean, it's hard enough if you're a pocket quarterback, you know, and, you know, you have to get get hit in that pocket. But at least you're you're bracing yourself for it. You know, I mean, that seems to be the best option, you know, because you're there, you're putting pressure on that back foot and then you're throwing the ball, you know, so it's planted. So, you know, it's more stable. But when you're running and you're trying to dodge people tackling you, that's a little different and it gets a little a little close, you know, a lot of close calls throughout those games because the more you run it, the more chances you're going to get hit. So and, sometimes being the athletic quarterback is, especially in the NFL, it right. seems like again, do I do I invest another five years in a guy that I don't feel might make five years because of that aspect yeah. of the game? It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. So the gentleman we're going to put up on the screen now is uh, the San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel, and they're at odds with each other um, based on the fact that he definitely is asked for a trade. He's demanding a trade, actually. I don't even understand why. So why is he demanding a there, trade? There's some speculation as to his usage and the fact of how they want to pay him going forward because he he's multi diverse when it comes to running back wide receiver. They're saying that maybe they give him wide running back money versus wide receiver money. So there's been some issues with the team and how they want to approach his contract. We see these big contracts coming out, Tyreek Hill, all these guys now that have signed massive deals. He feels like he's in that class. Look, there's one way to solve that problem. You just don't sign with the team. You force their hand. Which he's trying to do. The yeah, question like, is asking for a trade him. doesn't make any sense. I mean, where are you gonna go? So the Jets and the Lions have been the front runners. That's which, again, my point. If you go to these teams, you're obviously gonna your numbers are gonna decline. That's just an obvious. I would not feel comfortable going to no. one of those two teams and saying, "Well, I'm look, look." I mean, I can see you know people asking for a trade for reasons. This is just a terrible reason. This is a young player that is really being guided wrong. To be honest with you. You know, there is no need to ask for a trade because you don't know where you're going to end up. And it could be somewhere in hell, like New York or Detroit. And frankly, that's probably where you're going to end up. And then that's it. You, then, you are, then you're going to lose money in the long run. If you just stay quiet, do your job in San Francisco and yes, they want to they want to be cheap and not pay you what you're worth, you know, the because they want to say, oh, well, you're a running back. You're a glorified running back. Yeah. OK, fine. I'm a glorified running back. And then you go into free agency and then they lose you. Period. That's how you handle it. You know, you know, somebody even even if he got an injury and he was out for half the season, 
You don't think that people are going to take the chance and pay him a lot of money to come to your team? No, based on what he's done last year, Ron, 1,770 scrimmage yards. That's phenomenal. 136 touches. The the kid is a, is a machine. He uh, is a great player. He, he he can run the ball. He's he's got some a tendency to have some drops, but his skill level, what he brings to a team, speed. Oh. So if if he's smart, to your point, I stick it out, test the free agent market, and go absolutely, and at least you have a choice of where you go versus look. I, if I was them, I'm trading them to the Jets. Yeah, why not? It doesn't affect me one bit. You know, the okay. Green Bay Packers have been rumored since they lost Devontae Adams, possibly a destination. I'm not trading to the NFC. No. I'm not giving another team that I'm going to have to compete against the opportunity. Absolutely no, not. No. So why not send them to Detroit? Or if you're going to send them to send them to Detroit, who you know isn't going to. Yeah, you anything. bury him that he's not going to come back and hurt you. So you, I think you're 100% right. Just ride out the season. It makes more sense for the player. Yeah, the team on the, other, on the other hand, look, if you're smart, you're trying to lock this guy up. Yeah. Because no matter what quarterback you put in place, if it's Trey Lance or if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, this guy gives them an opportunity to do some things on the field that no other player can do. Absolutely. And you know, you know, even if you go back with Jimmy Garoppolo this year, you got a shot at going to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, you do. You know, and, and look, you know, no, Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo is not Matthew Stafford. But he's going to do enough to dish the ball to somebody else, and that person, like Debo Samuel, can make more out of absolutely nothing. You know, there aren't too many players that are that are going to get you more yards than what Debo Samuel can okay. can make out of absolutely nothing. It okay, could be okay. just a crap play, and he can turn it into gold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you said it. His speed is probably tops in the NFL, one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. And shame on play. San Francisco for how they've handled everything, yeah. including yeah. Garoppolo mess. Yeah. You know, yeah. like because they've they've totally embarrassed him. To be honest with yeah, you, I agree. Trey Lance, look, we don't know. Trey Lance is an unknown. And there's a lot of room that he's, good. <laughs> he's already been talked about as the starter for next season. Like, how do you do that with, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I am glad you ma mentioned Matthew Stafford. Cause real quick, have you seen the AT&T commercial? Oh my God. I love that commercial. Right? Is that not such a good commercial? Even when you've had your phone for 12 years, yeah, you absolutely you know, love the phone. <laughs> and you've done everything you can and you don't want to give it up, but then you go to, you know, you get another phone and it, you know, it does, it really does well. Yeah. No, 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 oh that my God, that is that is the best commercial. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Congrats to so Matthew well. Stafford for that finally getting yes. you know some recognition. Some, yeah, it really was. It was a good one. So it's our triple play time, and we decided to go with the top NBA scoring leaders currently in the in the playoffs, and that's Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, and Jalen Brunson. Brunson was a surprise to me. I didn't see that coming. But Dallas, what they've been able to do without Luka, uh, which we will discuss shortly. But um, it's my turn to go first this week. So I will I will start us off and give you the correct answers to the to the test, Ron. So you'll be all set. You don't even have to say anything after I'm done. Well, let's we'll see if you uh -huh. get the correct answers. All right. 
So I am starting as crazy as it sounds, and we're talking about playoffs now, Jimmy Butler. He's averaging 33 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists. He's shooting 60% from the field, 55.6% from the three-point line. If we think about what some of his struggles were in the regular season, it was three-pointers. He's more than doubled what he was shooting for three-pointers in the playoffs. The only knock, his free throw shooting, under 70%. I'm a little concerned with that. But he's averaging 2.5 steals as well, better than any of these other three guys. But I am benching Jalen Brunson. 32 points a game, 5.3 rebounds, 5 assists a game, shooting 50% from the field, 41% from three, 85% free throw shooter. So, again, clutch moments in the playoffs. I know if we put him on the line, he's going to make his free throws. That's important to me. And 40% isn't shabby from threes. Which means I'm cutting Donovan Mitchell, who I really like. I, I, I think this kid is such a talent. I think because he gets lost because he's in Utah and they don't have success in the playoffs. But some of that's his fault as well. He's averaging 32.7 points a game. So, he's, he's scoring. Only 3.3 rebounds, 5.7 assists. He's shooting 41.3% from the field, 25% from three, not shooting the ball well. He gets to the line, he's shooting at phenomenal 92%, almost 93%. But I need a guy I know can make some shots in the key moments, a guy that if, again, the NBA is all about threes right now. It drives me nuts sometimes because a guy has an open layup and they kick it out for a three-pointer because that's the new league. If you're only hitting 25% of your threes, I can't have you on my team. I'd have to cut you. So that's that's Jimmy Butler's thought, Jalen Brunson bench, cutting Donovan Mitchell. Very good. You did get it right, in fact. I told um, you I and, and I'll even expand on, on the things that you did say. Um, first of all, Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, he might not be like, you know, a great player. But, but. When you need somebody to show up, Jimmy Butler always shows up. You know, when you have a game on the line, he's playing. He is going to play well, and he's going to do his job and more. And that's what I like about Jimmy Butler. He'll fight his own teammates. He'll do whatever it takes. (laughs) Whatever it takes. You know, uh, you're absolutely right. (laughs) He'll fight his own teammates. You know, he doesn't care. you know, there, there's not too many players I take over Jimmy Butler Yeah, his when it passion. comes when yeah. you need to get a win, Yeah, you know, because he gets it done. He gets it done. And as far as benching Brunson, first of all, you're talking Mavericks in Utah, correct? Yeah. Okay. So Mavericks don't have Luka, but Brunson is there. He has stepped up. He says... Oh, by the way, we might not need Luca to beat Utah. Yeah. Look at me, what I can do. You give me the ball, I can handle it. And he has done that. He has showed us. And he has proved Ron wrong that they can't win without, without Luca. Luca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was completely wrong. And okay. after seeing the two games, I'm loving his game. Yeah. And that that has made Luca very happy on the sidelines. It eases his concerns about having to come back early. Right, right. 
And so to me, it is not even a question that he would be on the team. So therefore, I cut Mitchell because where is he? In Utah, right? Yeah. Well, he is not matching up. And he's supposed to be the guy. And he's not performing. Like he's getting his points, but again, it's it's probably more yeah, at the free throw line. You're shooting more, and you know yeah. you're shooting more, and and your percentage is really low, and that is hurting the team. And it's every year, team. every year we keep thinking Utah. Look, they they were the number one seed last year. Yeah, and you just look at them, and they, somehow every year in the playoffs, it just seems yep. like they fall apart at the wrong time. And some yep. of that's the player. That the team is made out of particle board, basically. Yeah. You know, some of that's the bad water and they're a mess. (laughs) (laughs) So let's stick to the NBA. We're going to talk about the uh, playoffs. So we've got a lot of playoff action that is happening where we had our NBA playoff preview show and we discussed all these matchups. And it's kind of funny how some of these are, are not turning out the way we expected originally. Yeah, maybe but uh, you. <laughs> sure. So we're gonna start off the number one uh seed in the east, Miami at Atlanta. Miami's up two nothing. We talked about Jimmy Butler and what he's been able to do, shooting the ball very well. Trey Young only averaging 16.5 points per game. How do the it's Hawks turn enough. this around or can they turn it around? I, I think it's too late. I think it's too late. You know, uh Trey Young has not showed up yet. He's still hanging out in you know, Atlanta somewhere, um, waiting for their home game. That's basically what has happened. And, you know, so by the time, you know, he comes around to start playing, you know, Jimmy Butler has already dictated the pace of the series, you know, and I, I think it's already too late for Atlanta. You know, I gave Atlanta a shot because of what they did and in the play-in game. game. Yeah. But again, this is this is what we keep saying about these teams that have all these great players and that should have been, you know, in a more comfortable situation for themselves and they just didn't play up to par. And they have they floated by thinking, okay, we'll get in, we'll get in, we'll get in, we'll get in, and it never amounted to anything until you had to play that that play in game and then another play in game. And now you think you can turn it on? No. Miami's too good for that. Faceless, and, thanks for joining. Yeah, you know, and so, it's, it's is you, this, you can't. Is, is this more this is of us? Brooklyn. What, what, about, what about us sleeping on Miami? So they were the number one seed. We talked about it. Do we consider them a true number one? They've gotten in the playoffs. They, they're doing what they need to do. They, their star players is, is picking it up. They're getting it from a lot of different areas as well. Yep. Is this more of us just discounting Miami? Or is this more about Atlanta just not playing well? Well, it's more about Atlanta, to be honest with you. Uh, Look, I didn't feel like Miami was a true number one seed. I mean, they're there, you know, but I still thought that, you know, there were three teams better. And it is what it is. You know, one team decided to float through the season. You know, being Brooklyn um, and Milwaukee and Boston turned it on, you know, around the around the the uh, all-star break. 
And since then, those two teams have been lights out. And shame on anybody that that tried to float through the season and turn it on right at the end because you're just putting yourself into a hole. And Atlanta wasn't good enough to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Brooklyn can do it. They're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta. But them. it's still hurting them. Yeah. I think so, Atlanta tried to ride on last season, and it's starting to come back to uh, and bite them a little bit now yeah. this season. Uh, what about the number three Milwaukee Bucks versus the number six Chicago Bulls? That series is now tied. But a lot has changed when you think about the injury to Chris Middleton. Yeah. As well that's as Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis should be back. They said it doesn't look as serious. Middleton's out for the series now. He is not coming back for this series. Yeah. Giannis is doing all he can. Middleton obviously is that number two piece. DeRozan stepped up. Zach Levine, Vucevic is is playing well. They're getting three guys to step up in Chicago. Could we see the upset based on this injury to Middleton? Yeah, we could. Uh, you know, that's unfortunate for Milwaukee. Um you know, because Chicago is good enough to team to take a couple of games when Milwaukee is healthy. Now, you add that Middleton injury, that's a big injury, you know. And now there's there's a big gap in Milwaukee's game that there's nobody there to really make up for all that Middleton does. You know, you're going to have to get, you know, group, you know, a group contribution, you know, from that bench. And I don't know if the bench is good enough to do that. The only guy, Brooke Lopez may be a key. He's averaging like 20, 21 points a game in this series. But again, he doesn't replace Middleton. So he's not as consistent as Middleton as well. It's just, it's just a shame because look, Giannis is playing phenomenal. He's, he's, he's a fourth. In, he's, he's fourth. I think he's thirty. He's averaging over thirty points a game. He's yeah. doing what he can. This injury is going to definitely uh, hurt them. So yeah, the, oh, go ahead. it's no, going to. It's no. It's going to be hard. I mean, they can get through it, but like you said, Lopez is probably the biggest key in all of this. But I don't think he's consistent yeah, enough. He's not going to give him enough. I don't. I don't think he can't. He won't give him what Middleton gave him. So the number four Philadelphia 76ers and the number five Toronto Raptors, this series is over. Let's just call it as it is. It Philly's is. up 3 nothing. Toronto has looked flat. Philly's taking care of business. Embiid, though, slight injury to his thumb. Maybe a concern, but if they can get out 4-0, give him some rest, um, that should be uh, enough to at least get when they get to the next round, he'll be healthy to go. Can Toronto do anything in this series to at least make it interesting? In your mind, I don't, I don't think they can do anything. I think it's going to be four-zero, you know. And, and I think I think Philadelphia is going to going to approach it as let's get this one out of the way and rest. And that's I think Embiid is going to go full out next game, try to get it done, and you know then you rest. And that's what they're going to attempt to do. It's probably better than you know just sitting them out one game. And then trying to finish it off without him, because then a disaster could happen, and you don't want somebody taking away that momentum. So I think you gotta, exactly, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta use the dagger while you have it out. 
not to get too graphic. No, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So in the West, the number one Phoenix Suns versus the number eight New Orleans Pelicans. This series has turned very interesting. It's tied one-one. Devin Booker now out. Uh, could it should probably at least two games, maybe the series. Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans has played very well, has looked good. I'm going to throw this name out there. Zion Williamson is still rumored too to be possibly back for this team. Phoenix could be had with this Devin Booker injury. As deep as they are, he's such a crucial part of what they do that can Phoenix overcome that injury? I mean... They should be able to. You would think they would. I mean, because they have, you know, the players to do it. But, look, we've seen this this show quite a few times in the past. You know, for whatever reason, Chris Paul has never been able to, to bring the team to championship. This just has that written all over it right now. And, and the surprise has it written all over it when that trade happened with McCollum. And we were like, they're just sending him there because he ended up turning his leadership and what he's able to do. So they, it's not a young team as much as we sit there and go, oh, they're a young team. They're not. No. Brandon Ingram's been around for, for a few years now. McCollum yep. has been in this league for, you know, nine plus years. Yeah. This is a quality team and they're coached well. And Phoenix, yeah. as soon as you start to start to hear those footsteps behind you now, they could be in trouble looking back and saying, what's going on? I, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned that them losing. Booker, and the fact they got to go to New Orleans. Yep. Now it's back in New Orleans. It's tied. You don't want to go down to one because that gives that team such a confidence boost. If they, if they take both in New Orleans, the Pelicans, I don't see. I don't see how the Suns come out of this. No, I don't see it either. I don't look. Uh, look, uh, you know, and, and that's why we had that that thing about um, Chris Paul in the playoffs. Who's got yeah. more pressure, right? Yeah. You know, now we're seeing it. We it's now he's got to make the plays in Game Three. If he doesn't do it, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Another series that turned very interesting, looked like it was going to go one direction, and now it's changed. The number two Memphis Grizzlies and the number seven Minnesota Timberwolves. Memphis came back in Minnesota last night, now lead the series 2-1. How concerned should the Timberwolves be blowing a 26-point lead? John Morant still hasn't done John Morant things. He's playing okay, but you're still looking at – how you blow a 26-point lead and how that can affect you for the rest of this series. Do we feel like Memphis took over this series with that win last night? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, when you think about it, that's what it should be. But, again, it is a young team. Both are young teams. And if you can make if you're if you're the coach of Minnesota and you can make the team forget that you just blew that big lead and say hey you know what we had that 26 point lead um let's keep it this time let's work harder and keep it 
and make sure, you know, we get this win because we know we can do that. You know, so it's very capable. It's, got- it's going to be it's going to be the coaching that takes over from here. I just think and the players have to buy in. Memphis has been so deep all year. And yeah. we talked about it when John Morant went down for those nine games. And the whole team one. stepped up. They can. They still won. Except for the Celtics. Except for the Celtics game. But they sat everybody that game. And the, even their starters. You got to look at the fact that Big Cat and Edwards for Minnesota have to step up. I'm not saying his full name. Sorry, Ron. Not going to do it. Oh, from ER? Yes. But uh, I, I just feel like that was such a demoralizing way to lose. Well, at critical times, you do need somebody that is surgical. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think this series is over now based on that. I, I, I don't see Minnesota coming out of this. Well, no, um, I don't either. But, you know, I mean, it's. I felt you know, Memphis was a stronger team. They could have easily collapsed last night with that loss, uh, with that deficit. And then basically, you know, gone down, uh, you know, two games to one. Instead, they just kept chipping away, doing the things they do. Bain stepped up, big threes. Everybody kind of contributes on that team. And it just, when you think they're not going to do it, they they somehow find a way to win. So I, I don't see Minnesota coming out of that. Although we get to see A-Rod on the sidelines for a couple more games. Oh, yay. <laughs> so the number three Golden State Warriors. Hey, when you do see him on the sidelines, ask him about J-Lo. All right. Yes. Oh, wow. Ron. Wow. And the Denver Nuggets. So the number six Denver Nuggets have basically fallen apart. Uh, They're a one-man team, which they've been all season. But I think he's finally hit the point where he needs somebody to help and he's not getting it. So Jokic has done all he can for this team. Now you're competing with Poole, Jordan Poole. Curry, Clay, they're 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 hitting Rings. their shots. They're up three nothing. Is this series over? Yes. yes, yes. Do you think Denver could at least make it interesting? No. Defending MVP has a couple of those big games. Maybe makes it interesting. Uh, look, he's got to have guys that can do something around him. Uh, like it, it's clear. Like one player cannot win a championship, okay? And one player certainly can't go up against a caliber team like Golden State and expect, you know, miracles. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, look, I think I think Jokic might be the best player in the league right now. You know, maybe Giannis, but you know, (laughs) look, it's it's clear that one guy can't do it. One guy cannot do it. And the one guy we thought could win a series, and that would be the Dallas-Utah matchup, so the 4-5 matchup, was Luka Doncic. He's been out. Dallas is still up 2-1 in this series. Yeah. How important is it for Dallas right now, if they want to contend, that they get to sit their best player, possibly come out of this series, and then get Luka back for the second round, and yeah. what that could mean for Dallas's chances? Yeah, I mean, this speaks volumes to just the opposite of what we just said about Denver. Because going into the playoffs, okay, we thought Jokic was going to carry that team, and then Luke is going to carry Dallas, right? So they were in a similar situation. But 
here we are, Dallas. They have somebody stepping up, Brunson. Like he's been fantastic. So, so clearly Luca now has help, and he's noticing this because you see him on those sidelines, and he is giddy. He's giddy. And every so often, it, it, can I say an injury sometimes is a good thing for a team? Yes. You're seeing this because they need to all step up. They right. need to all play well, and they're doing that, which honestly helps them in the long run. I am I am really curious to see what happens to Utah if they lose this series. And does that team get broken up? Rudy Gobert, we know, is one of the top defensive players in the league. Donovan Mitchell, electrifying young player, but obviously has some struggles. Do they break this team up? Do they start to look at possibly moving on from some of these, these two guys as the pairing and maybe make a change? If you lose to a Dallas team without Luka Dantich in this series, what does that say about your, your team? Not much. Right? You, but you hey, know? you know, maybe they can trade for a LeBron, you know? Stop. Stop. You always got to mention LeBron. You love LeBron. You love LeBron. So once again, if you're enjoying what you're watching, check us out every Friday night as we are live. We're on at 6 p.m. every Friday. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. All live. Fan interactive. We love fans chiming in. We love to talk to our fans. So please make sure you join us live at 6 p.m. every Friday. If you'd like to follow our social media platforms, we're at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, uh, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. If you'd like to sponsor the show, ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. We'd love to get some sponsors. We want to be able to continue to do even more with Sports Unfolded. So check us out. We have thousands of eyes on you and you'd be able to generate even more business for yourself through the world. If you don't have time to watch, listen to us on our podcast on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify, and TuneIn. You can join us on Discord as well. So, so many different ways to watch and follow us. Discord Sports Unfolded. We post all of our rankings <coughs> and the shows on our Discord as well, so you're able to watch it there. If you're in Southeast Connecticut, Check us out, Public Access, Channel 12. We are on on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. It's a rebroadcast of our Friday night show. If you like what you're watching and you're watching it right now on SEC TV, check us out Friday night, 6 p.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, and join the show that way. Ron, this is going to be a touchy subject for me because we're going to talk about the Yankees, and I know how much you love the Yankees. And what they've done, so one Aaron Boone and the, the player that we're putting in right now is Miguel Cabrera. And M Miguel Cabrera intentionally walked in last game facing the New York Yankees. And the Yankees were down in the game, and it was the eighth inning, and Aaron Boone decided to intentionally walk Miguel Cabrera, instead of giving him a shot to try to hit 3,000 uh, 3, hits. Do you agree with the, the decision by Aaron Boone? Yeah. Wow, that didn't go the way I expected that to go. No, like, like, I don't see what the big deal about this is. They're down by a run. You have first base open. The logical play when this guy comes up is you intentionally walk him, you face the next batter. 
that's what you do because you've got to try to win the game. And you're hoping that your next at-bats, you can get, you know, the tying run. This is a no-brainer. You don't let a guy like Miguel Cabrera hurt you and put you down by three. So why do you think so many people are criticizing the move? Ah, because they're idiots and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, it's this more is about clear. They see some kind of like history I see, and... I see. Yes, they want to see some history. Well, you have to wait till tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like and it's then, simple. It's simple. And... Look, you're trying to stop the team from scoring. Why would you, you say, okay, he hit this? You mentioned LeBron, and you gave the Yankees credit today. The world's changing. I could see it now. No, the Yankees still suck, but hey, oh, whoa, whoa. How about the fact that they tried to make it a big deal by basically panning over to the family and the and the stands and how they were disappointed in it? Look, it's not well, it's not the Yankees hit one, he get a hit he earlier. He could have got a hit earlier in his earlier, first three right? at bats, so, you know. Look, you still play to win the game. Uh right. you know, you you we've heard that before. You know, you play to win the game. Anybody that's criticizing this move really doesn't know at doesn't know baseball at all. That has no clue. Right. Her, her, her member said it right. You play to win the game. You don't play to get somebody 3,000 hits so they can have some momentous moment at home. That's not the Yankees' problem. But I just I, I found this story interesting. I, I figured we'd bring it up. I just figured your hatred so for the you, Yankees, you would disagree with. When you with come it. to stuff like this. You know, it it is dumb. And I know, like, if it's the ninth inning and you got a no-hitter going, you don't try to bunt. I mean, that's just that's just cheese, you know? But this is different. It's like you're, try, you're trying to win a ball game. And, and believe me, in the American League East, every win is important, you know? So so let me ask you this question, because this came up on a, on a different game, because you're talking about unwritten rules in baseball. Yeah, and I, I can't remember them. the I can't remember the game, but the team was up by uh, it was like ten runs, and it was in the second or third inning. They they bunted to try to get a guy on and move a guy to second, whatever. And people were upset about it. Yes, and then in the sixth up. inning or seventh inning, they they decided to steal a base, and they were they were still up by nine runs. And I don't understand. You play to win game. These guys get paid based okay. on numbers. Too. So like again. Unwritten rules, okay? So if you're up by nine runs, you don't steal bases. You don't steal bases. Why? Does it matter? Yes, it does matter. Why? It's just not right because it's like you're, you're – no, I don't agree with that. You're trying to embarrass them at that Stop point. Stop them. Stop them. I'm just saying. You, you know? Try to stop them. It's no different than when your team in the NFL puts up 50 points and people are like, oh, if they try to score again, that's, that's just showing up the other team – their, their job's to stop them. If they don't stop them, that's not on that team that stops scoring. And I get that point, okay? Baseball is a little different. You know, it's because you're not going to come back from nine runs down. It's I mean, it just like doesn't happen. Times, it's happened eight times since 18, whatever it was, 30-something. Yeah, something. okay. It's some exactly. ridiculous number, and you know, I agree with you. And, but and if it that's happened, fine. If it you happened, know? would that manager not get criticized for saying he took it easy for six innings? Oh, most likely. So you can't win f for trying. You, you either way you do it, people criticize you for making right. the moves right. and not making right. the moves. And that's that's the problem with a lot of these unwritten rules. You know, a lot of the unwritten rules are outdated and frankly kind of stupid. You know, but I do think 
you know, trying to steal is probably not the way, the right thing to do. Um, but hit and runs, I don't think that's a problem. So you they, know, should they not even hit. Should they just stand? Well, up that's just it. it. That's like, just it. At it's like point, at some point, and, and you go through that in hockey too. When somebody's up by six goals, you know, and then if you get in a lot, you get a power play, and it's like, oh well, we can't score on this power yeah, play because that's on. not right. You know, Ridiculous. that is stupid Ridiculous. because that's what you have. That's what your goal is to score, right? Yeah. So, you know, so it, so there's a lot of unwritten rules that are really stupid. And I don't like them, yeah. you know, and, you know, look, I used to pitch and, you know, if somebody tries to show me up, I'm throwing the ball at you. I mean, clearly. I, and, and I would tell them too, while I'm on the mound, <laughs> I like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and, you know, and then they're surprised when I throw the ball at them. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was a little nutcase, you know, but, you know, that's how baseball, you know, polices itself is by that pitcher doing it to your player, you know, and that is okay. As far as I'm concerned, I expect it. You know, if we show up, if, if I'm showing up a team, then I expect to, to get the consequences, you know, and I think every baseball player expects that. But these stupid little unwritten rules that are just so outdated, it makes no sense to be part of the game anymore. It makes no sense. I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's move on to some NHL because I, I basically yeah. Let's I go on to something you know a little more. So the stable. Florida Panthers have clinched the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Would you consider them the favorites in the East to go to the finals? In the East, yes. They're too good. Like this team is good. They can seem to score at will. So. This is where I wanted to do a little research. Six times since 1995, when they did the post-divisional era, yep. six times a number one seed has won the cup. That's yeah. not very good odds. No, it's not. The lowest seed has been the number five. And that was the New Jersey Devils in 95. So would you not be concerned? A, if you're lower than five, Boston, yes. Boston. Yep. And then even at the number one doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna win your or win the cup. No. Again, no, Florida's been very consistent all year. Look, but, this is this is this is a hard thing to do, winning the Stanley Cup. It's hard. Like it, it is the toughest, the toughest championship to win. It is. Like I've seen all these sports, you know, and it is the toughest because there is so much to overcome, you know, just to win four series in a best of seven. And like when the Bruins did it last in 2011, seven game series, seven game series, seven game series, seven game series. That's what that's what it takes. It takes a special team to do it just to get through one series. Then you've got to do three more. And that's why being like an eighth seed or a seventh seed, like, you know, Washington and Boston really is grueling because you have to play the best teams and on the throughout the season. So you got to figure you're playing the best four teams in your conference, the best four you got to get through. Good luck. You know, like I think 
I think the Bruins can win one. If they win one series, I'm going to be thrilled because of where they are and who they have to go through. Yeah, yeah. We said the East is going to be extremely tough, and and so, a lot of the no, it's no guarantee East. Florida wins. Yeah, because like like in a not, you're going to have to play Washington, possibly. That's still a question. You know, it could be Pittsburgh. You know, you don't know, <laughs> and it could be the Bruins. Yeah. So, um, you could lose to any one of those teams. Anyone. All quality teams. Yeah, all quality teams. So it is not hard. I mean, it's not, you know, no, it isn't hard. It is extremely difficult to take a series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Extremely difficult. So I'm glad you mentioned Washington because we're going to talk about Ovechkin here, who became the oldest player to score 50 goals in a season. Um, how would you rank him in NHL history? As a goal scorer? Hmm. That's, that's so, tough. You're starting to talk about some of the greatest players in NHL history, and I'm going to mess the guy's name up because uh, he passed Boston Bruins legend John. Is it Busick? Busick. Busick. I was so close. The chief. I knew I was. So Busick, by, uh, Busick was uh, two months uh, from being 36 when he set the record in 1970-71. Yeah. He's had nine. 50 goal scoring seasons, which ties in with Gretzky and Mike Bossy, who I know we want to discuss a little bit after this. Um, and he's 21 goals away from Gordie Howe to be the second all-time leading scorer in NHL history. Yeah. You're talking about some of the ho- hockey's greatest players, greatest yeah. overall. It's, you know. Look, it's, it's mind boggling. When you put the numbers where they are, um, it, it, it's mind boggling. Like, you need 21 goals to get to Gordie Howe. Like, like, what? 10 years ago? One year ago? Nobody thought that would be possible. <laughs> and we talked about it uh, earlier on in the season, about him breaking possibly yeah. Gretzky's record. And we said he has to average like 30-something goals a season for the next five years. If he's getting 50 goals a season... He's looking yeah, at like yeah. two, two and a half, three years, and he, he's going to three pass. years. Yeah, he's passes Gretzky. But also, that's three more years. That, that's hard at at this point in his age. I didn't think he'd uh, get fifty goals at thirty six. No, I didn't think he'd get fifty goals this year. So again, but, and it's on a team that hasn't dominated. His team, but again, you know, it's it's like we like we talk about. We've talked about this. You know, it's that puncher who can have that one punch. That's the last thing to go. His shot is the last thing to go. His skating will go first, but there is still no problem with him standing off to the side uh, of the circle, you know, and just winding up for a one timer and putting it in because that's still there. Like that shot is still there. That's not gone. So as long as he can play on that power play, that's, that's a threat. That's a threat. You know, whether his skating diminishes, you know, in the next year or so, which to me, I think he's already starting to slow down a little, Yeah, it's uh, but not enough to hurt his game because of the talent around him. 
But we're also seeing, if you look at the athletes now, LeBron James and how long he's been playing. Right. And at the age, Daniel Chara. Again, 30, 30 plus points a game. Tom Brady, 45 yeah. years old, winning, you know, again, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Ovechkin, very easy at 36. This isn't old anymore. No. With with the way medicine is now and in the healing process and the things yeah. they're able to do to their body, he could go another four or five years and be very yeah, I mean, successful. you just look at all the players that have hit a thousand games this year. You know, there was quite a few. It was like it seemed like there was a, a trail of them throughout the league this year. You know, Felino, uh Jonathan Taves, you know, it, it was like one after another, you know, and so players are playing longer and you know and that is that is causing ripple effects everywhere so it's like those mid guys that seem to be kind of getting forced out because they want to go with youth and the, these guys that have been doing it for all these years yeah so you know and, and when i look at ovechkin like he's one of the top four goal scorers of all time to be honest with you you know and Gretzky, do you not put him as? I mean, you kind of have or, to. Or do you, you look at? Or do you look at? Or do you look at all the other numbers as well and say, "Look, Gretzky still be." I mean, Gretzky is still going to be the best player to probably ever play. I mean, I, I can't. I can't even but fathom that. At your second, at that point. But you know, no, I wouldn't. I, no, I would not have him. You know, second best player all time. No, no, that's not happening. You know, um, to me, it's a toss-up between Mario and Bobby Orr. Okay. Second best, okay. third best. So That's he's fair. not top three. That's fair. You so know, next year he becomes a number two goal scorer, barring injury, is what we're expecting. Most likely, yeah. Right, insane. Most likely. Insane. So, but, we'll, you know, we'll, I'd still take Mike Bossy over, you know, and, Ovechkin. Yeah. And, and you said it earlier before we started the show, his 950 goal seasons were all in a row. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, we lost him, uh, you know, uh, within the last week. Yeah. And now we had another loss in hockey with Guy Lafleur. Oh, right. You so know, as much as I, I despise the Montreal Canadiens, this guy, Guy Lafleur, oh, he was just grace on ice. He was so smooth. He was so good. And people that, you know, still say, you know, Crosby is one of the best all time. No. Look, Guy Lafleur was so much better than than Crosby. You know, Guy Lafleur was just a great player. You know, multiple MVPs. Best, you know, best goal scorer. You know, uh, most points in a season many times. You know, like this guy just did it all. He did it all. And he did it with class, you know, and, you know, for me to say that about a Montreal Canadian, you know, yes, I, I, I get, I like Patrick Waugh, goaltender, yeah. Ken Dryden, yeah. goaltender, Carey Price, goaltender, because those are the guys that stood in the Bruins way all those yeah. years, you know, look, when I'm giving credit to a Montreal player, you know, a skater, like that is, that is, first of all, you know, something to mark down on your calendar when it was. So do it now. Um, <laughs> it may not happen again ever. He is by far my favorite Montreal Canadian. By far. It's not even close. 
you know, like this guy, I used to, I used to want him to come to Boston so bad, you know, because he's that good. He just reminded me of Rick Middleton, but only twice the player as Rick Middleton. And I thought Rick Middleton was a great hockey player. So that tells you right there where Guy Lafleur is. And to be honest, when I look at Guy Lafleur and Mike Bossy, I'm putting two of my favorite all-time players right there. Yeah. And they have gone. Two of my favorite all-time players. And the other would, one would be Steve Eisenman. I would say this. Up in up in the, the hockey heavens, man, there's going to be some good games going on now. And, oh, and my Clark God. Clark. It must be great. Clark Gillies yes. just recently yeah. there. Oh, Both another lost Islander. Two. Yeah. So a few, a few of them lost too young. Um, Ron, it is face-off time. Yes. And, uh, we decided to go with a interesting question with the NFL draft coming up. Should the NFL change their draft process and go with a lottery uh, system similar to what the NBA has? So the NBA, they throw all the balls in there, right? And those 14 or so teams that didn't qualify, you know, obviously 14 having the least chance to get the one pick, but at least they have a chance so we're going to argue about if that should be a thing in the NFL. And since I am first, I get to pick which side I am on. And I am for this. And I'm going to tell you why I'm for this. I am tired of the same losing organizations not trying to win, getting these number one picks and letting these guys rot in some NFL city because they just refuse to do anything with them. They don't build talent. They just keep getting number one pick after number one pick. Example right now is Jackson. <clears throat> you know, Trevor Lawrence, lucky him. You know, he's got another five years of just nothing. You know, here we go. Another number one pick. These guys take too long to develop for the most part. By the time they do, you know what I mean? They're off to another team anyway. Or they've just played so poorly because everything around them has been so bad that nobody takes them seriously and they, they have to move on. So to me, I would love to see this process because it's probably a team that's middle of the ground that needs one or two players and they can make the playoffs and honestly be contenders. And this would give them an opportunity versus getting a 14, 15 pick. Maybe they get the number one pick and it makes it interesting. That's my argument. Okay. Well, you know, it's all fine and dandy, um, but the only way a team really truly gets out is if they have a, you know, a staff that can pick out talent. And the only thing, you know, that you can blame those teams for really is finding, you know, those people that can run the organization properly. So that is where the problem is. And it isn't with the system. It is more with the people running that system. So now Jacksonville has Peterson in charge of all of this, you know, with all their new regime. And they are the ones that have to, you know, go and pick out the next guy but to help. Rebuild. Start again. It's not another rebuild. They've already done it now. Right. So yeah, now, but now it's with a new coach. Yes, new coach, but, you know, you started last year. He's got Lawrence. 
So he's going to get somebody in there to help him out. And now this team is going to come out of last place and they're going to, you know, make a little bit of a difference, you know, make maybe get a third pick next year. Make it interesting. Make yeah. it interesting. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the same thing. The, the problem always is, you know, the front office on these teams. Oh, I would say that most look, of the time. But again, how long do those look, guys stay in before you actually get rid of them? It's the same teams every year. It's the same teams every Detroit. year. Jacksonville. Detroit, Jacksonville, you know, it, it, you know, Cleveland, you know, has a history of it, you know. Um, New York Jets has a history of it because they don't know who to pick. They don't know what they're doing. You know, again, you saw it last year. You saw it last year with the Jets. You know, oh, he's our savior. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. He makes poor decisions. It was a poor pick. You know, it's the same thing. Look at Detroit. Oh, yeah, we're going to trade to get Goff. Yeah, that'll fix us. No, it won't. Look at the decisions you're making. Like, Good come segue, on. It, it, it's, it's not the draft picks order that is in question. It is the, the people that these teams constantly hire. They don't have a clue because they think that they know what they're doing. Jerry Jones. The only thing you're lucky in is you have so much money. It doesn't matter. You can buy players, you know, but he's the same way. He thinks he knows everything and he, and he doesn't. He makes poor decisions. So to take that out of their hands and make it so it's a draft so that it's actually, oh. look, you could tank. So, again, Cleveland's uh, being investigated for tanking for all those years, right? And we heard about the Miami situation with Flores and the, the owner saying, you know, let's tank to try to take that out of the element. Tanking wouldn't automatically guarantee you a number one pick anymore. You could tank. Doesn't mean you're getting yeah. a number one pick. I think that no, takes that I like. That I like. Equi- you want to take a game, then you know you get you suffer a penalty. You know you should be trying to win every game. None Absolutely. of this crap. Oh, putting let's put a guy on the you know the injured Inj- reserve yeah. because we we might yeah, get a better traffic next year. Yeah, benefits us losing. So let's uh, let's go on to our pick and roll, one of our favorite segments of the show, and we're gonna rank. So it's our 16th show. We decided let's go 2016 NFL draft, and we're going to rank. Oh, that's how you you did it. Joey Bosa. This is just dreadful. Jalen Ramsey. So not a lot of quality talent. Some talent, but not quality talent. Oh, it's to this talent. There's some. Whether it's good or not, that's a different thing. So uh, again, I am first. I will go, I will start us off. And at number five, I went with Carson Wentz, 44, 40, and one in his career, 62.6% completion. He's thrown for over 20,000 yards, 140 touchdowns, 57 interceptions, one Pro Bowl, one Super Bowl championship, which he didn't win. He was out. Nick Foles won. But again, they counted as a ring. He gets a ring. Obviously, we've seen he's been moved on now t- two times over. Jared Goff, I put at four. Really? Kenny, I'm sorry about that one. 45-37-1 and one in his career, mostly with the Rams. Obviously, we know what he did last year with Detroit. Not very good. 64% completion percentage, 21,000 yards passing, 126 touchdowns, 63 interceptions, oh, two Pro Bowls. Two Pro Bowls. 
So, Mark, these guys. How did he make a Pro Bowl? I did. Two. What? The Rams. When the Rams were winning. Still. At number three, I went Ezekiel Elliott. He's rushed 1,650 times for 7,386 yards, 56 touchdowns, three Pro Bowls, one All-Pro. He had three rookie awards that year, Rookie of the Year awards. So, again, his first year, phenomenal. After that, not so good. So I put him in the middle of the ground. I still think he's better than Wentz and Goff, but that that was the only debate in this for me was one-two because I felt like these are the two best players with the most impact on their teams and what they've been able to do. But I went at number two, Joey Bosa. 213 tackles, 58 sacks, 12 forced fumbles, four Pro Bowls, 2016 Defensive Rookie of the Year. Instant impact, but he's been consistent. And he's actually stayed predominantly healthy, so that's good. He's putting up some numbers. So at number one, it had to be Jalen Ramsey. 311 tackles, 15 interceptions. One of those he ran back for a touchdown. Five Pro Bowls, so he's made the Pro Bowl every year he's been in the league. Three-time All-Pro, and obviously the one-time Super Bowl champ last year with the Rams. We see what he's able to do and contribute to a team, shutting off one side of the field. By far the best out of these five guys. That is the pick and roll, my friend. That is it. That is pretty good. That is. You only made one mistake. I did not make any mistakes. You made a mistake because there's no way Jared Goff is ahead of anybody. Oh, come on. He is not ahead of anybody, anywhere, any league, anyhow. He's got a number five. He's over 500. Okay. Yeah. Because it was what? Carson Wentz is four games over 500. Yeah. Okay. But. And look at those interceptions. Look at those, look at those interceptions. 60-something interceptions. Uh, Kenny not taught you anything. Two to one. Two to one. So Jared he's going to pass Rogers. for two touchdowns and then throw a pick. Pass for two touchdowns and then throw a pick. Yes, it is. That's basically what he does. <laughs> That's what you get with him. At least, he's made at, more least Carson Wentz, at least Carson Wentz will pass for three touchdowns before he throws an interception. He made he made one more Pro Bowl then. When I, you know what the, the no, amazing the, the thing Pro is? The Pro Bowls are false. Right. Is, is that not a joke? It just goes to show you how bad the NFL Pro Bowl is. Yes. You make the Pro Bowl. Nobody wants to go. To so you Nobody wanted to go, it. so they made it in. Yes, these yeah. guys think. So they don't have Pro Bowls as far as I'm concerned. Because so they both four, suck. Three, three, two, and one, you had the same. Three, two, and one, I had the same. Joe, Joey Bosa, number two. Um, Ezekiel had a good year. Yeah, but you know what? He's a running back, and he's a he's, good he's a good player. I'm not he saying he's not a good off, player, yeah. but dime a dozen. As he started off, what he started off to what he is today. Yeah, no, it's actually on the tail end already. Five years in, right? So uh, Jalen Ramsey, number one. Those numbers do not lie. I love both those players, and both those players deserve to be up there. And they are. The gap is so wide between those two and everybody else, it's not even close. And the fact that he's made five Pro Bowls every year, and I know we, we yeah, make but he's been and one of his like, top at his position for five years straight. Absolutely. And those three tackles, those tackles. Yep. Woo. Three All Pros. Like, how do you, how do you not? And some of those tackles are really hard tackles. Yeah. Yep. No, he's, so, he's one of the best. You know, um, Joey Bosa is Mister Consistent to me. Yep. You know, I, I think he's I think he's a great player. Yeah. Listen, Future Hall of Famer. 10 sacks. He's averaging 10 sacks a year. You keep doing that. You're going to make a, a lot of noise in this league. 
Yep. Uh, once again, thanks for uh, checking us out Friday nights at 6 p.m. as we will be live every Friday night on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We are Fan Interactive. If you join in, we will definitely make sure you are part of our show. So make sure you do that. Follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Check us out on our podcast if you don't have time to watch Amazon, Anchor, Google, and Spotify, and tune in. And Red Circle. Red Circle now. Uh, SEC TV, Public Access Channel 12, Southeast Connecticut. We are on Tuesdays at 10 p.m., which is a rebroadcast of this show on Friday nights. So if you enjoy what you're watching and watching us right now, check us out on Friday nights. If you'd like to sponsor the show, ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. It's less than a cup of Starbucks coffee. I bought one the other day, and I'm going to tell you right now – it's very expensive, Starbucks coffee. So we are less than that. We all yeah, have you're not suppo- It's not supposed to sound expensive, though. You yeah, know. so we're much less than that. Much less than that. How's that? Better? And Better. Uh, we can uh, we can definitely get some exposure to your business. Thousands of eyes on your business daily. We are... Uh, but we got to stop growing. using Starbucks because they're not giving us even free coffee or no, anything. Good, good call. Less than a cup of coffee at some establishments. Yes. That will leave nameless. That's much so better. Try to sponsor us as much as possible. We'd love to be able to do even more with Sports Unfolded. We've got a lot upcoming, a lot going on. Tune in for our live watch party this Thursday, the NFL Draft. We are going to be live watching the draft and discussing the Absolutely. So, so excited about and, that. So and people to join us as well. To make it more enticing, I may buy like a six-pack of um, – our best brews, oh. and um, you know, All right. that way I'll be ranting and and I can't and wait, Gabby. <laughs> I can't you wait. Know? Can't... Maybe I'll make some fun. whiskey dogs too. Oh, oh, the whiskey dog! You were really on fire that week. Ooh, whiskey dogs are so good. Right. I'm gonna bring this up, up my friend, as I've taken uh, a slight bigger lead last week. Uh, game on you. Went six and two last week in three. But uh, let's bring that prediction yeah. up that this is posted on all of our sites Discord, Twitter, Facebook. So look, you, you guys got to get involved, TikTok. man. I, we want, we want, we want some all kinds of names on this list. Names. So check that out get as involved. we uh, consistently try to pick some of the top games of the week. Uh, so it's not as easy as it looks. It's uh, you know, there's some tough games in there that we we try to pick up, but I'm at fifty six. All the tough I'm games. Starting to narrow that gap. Narrowing that gap on you, Ron. I didn't actually uh, pick my teams this week uh, ahead of time, so I am going to do this on the fly as we go. But uh, I am first this week. Four twenty three. You've got the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Florida Panthers. I'm a little nervous with the Panthers now that they've clinched. They may rest some guys going into the playoffs. I don't think this is a game, though. I'm going Florida because they're going to want to show that they're still the kings of the East and what teams have to worry about. I agree. I am also going Florida. Um, They are not going to rest the players during this game, Um, except for maybe like a Joe Thornton, you know, but I think everybody else will be intact. And, um, this is going to be – this is a big game for Toronto. They they just got destroyed by 
Tampa Bay. So they're going to try to make a statement here with Florida. And uh, they, they're going to be gunning for them. But I'm going Florida. All right. Awesome. Let's see how that works out. Uh, 426, Carolina Hurricanes at the New York Rangers. Obviously a big game when it comes to standings. Yes, these two teams are battling for that number one spot in the division, which would be the number two spot in, in the, the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and who knows who they'd be playing, but I'm sure – you know, both teams want to take that spot so they can supposedly play an easier team, which I don't know if that's a fact or not. But it's it's, it's, a, it's a dogfight, and I'm going to go New York Rangers at home. Wow. I'm going Carolina. Going Carolina. Going Carolina, my friend. Sorry, Mick. 428, Calgary Flames at the Minnesota Wild. Really good game. Uh, both of these teams have been exciting. I like Minnesota at home. Every game we've had them and they're at home, they seem to pull it out as tough as Calgary is and as good as Calgary's been playing. I just feel Minnesota at home, their goaltending is a little better. I like Minnesota at home. I as well. Um, they've been getting great goaltending, especially at home. And, you know, Minnesota is still trying to figure out where they're going to be. We know who they're going to play, and that is St. Louis, but they want to be playing at home. So they're going to be trying their best to win this game. And uh, so I'm going to go Minnesota as well. April 23rd, NBA. We're just picking one game. Boston Celtics at the Brooklyn Nets. That is game three. That is game three. That is tomorrow night. I am going to go with Boston. In game three. I'm going Brooklyn. I knew you would. I am going Brooklyn. April 24th, Golden State Warriors at the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets, a must win to at least stay alive in these playoffs. Jokic is going to play his tail off and is going to lose to the Golden State Warriors who will sweep this series. I'm going Golden State. I also agree. Um, that he's going to play his his butt off. Um, but I think Denver's going to take this one. You got gonna, Denver. I got Denver to stop the sweep. Okay. And then All lose right. next game. All right. We are definitely different this week. I love it. Uh, April 22nd, the Boston Red Sox at the Tampa Bay Rays, a three-game series. Obviously, the importance of the AL East and – that's those standings early on in the season. Uh, who do you got? Um, look, the Red Sox just played a tough series with Toronto, and I think Toronto is the better team, and they took it two games to one. But I think Boston is the better team here, and I'm going to go with Boston two games to one against Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going the opposite way. As Every time I doubt the Tampa Bay Rays, They somehow win these games to take the division. This is very important for both teams. I think Tampa Bay wins. You might make it ground up this week. Oh, I'm probably going to. Uh, So on April 25th, you got the New York Mets at the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a three-game series. Both two very good teams. I've just got a lot of faith in the Mets right now and their pitching staff, even without some of their – 
key pitches. They have still consistently been one of the better ERA teams holding teams down. I'm going the New York Mets here. I'm taking the home team, St. Louis Cardinals. You know, like, yeah, okay, everybody's touting the uh, New York Mets uh, pitching staff. But, you know, you look over in St. Louis, that pitching staff isn't so bad. And, yeah. you know, that lineup is a tough lineup to get through. Yeah, uh, so good. I'm taking St. Louis in that one. All right. So we got a USFL game here, another one. And that would be the on February, uh, February, April 23rd. The Houston Gamblers at the Birmingham Stallions, both undefeated at 1-0. and Oh, you uh, know where I'm going with this. I know where My you're Italian going. Stallions, you know, Rocky yes, Balboa I, showed up there and give, yeah. you know, the knockout punch for Birmingham. And I'm going, I'm riding the Stallions all the way to the end. Uh, no pun intended. But no the, pun the intended. Gamblers, I mean. Yeah, so I look. You try. You, you try to go with the gamblers, and that's what it is. It's a crapshoot. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. I'm going Birmingham as well. Yeah, you're uh, jumping on that train. I, I I have to at this point. They cost me last week. You're finally picking the right pony. Finally, fi- hey. That was uh, meant. <laughs> that was pretty good. Also, tomorrow night there's a heavyweight championship fight. Tyson Fury, who's 31, 0 and 1 with 22 knockouts, will face Dylan White. 28 and 2 with 19 knockouts. That is in London. They're actually fighting at Wembley Stadium. And it's pretty interesting. I think they said it's the fifth time a heavyweight championship between two uh fighters from England. Uh so that's that's uh, another interesting nugget. Um is it my turn or your, your, it's your turn, correct? Go ahead. You're up. Who you no, got? No, I went with Birmingham first. Oh, you did? Okay. I am going Tyson Fury. He is not losing this. This one, uh, he okay. Look, the one thing I know when I watch Tyson Fury, he is completely nuts. He's completely nuts. Like, like you can't, you can't knock him out. Like, I've seen him take punches, and it's like, it doesn't even phase the guy. Like, he he is not losing this fight. He's not losing. Toughest man on the so planet. So we got a few right different there. ones. Two, three, four, five different games. So if you win all five of those, you take the lead. Oh, wouldn't that be something, huh? Let's see. Let's see if you can change the uh, the outcome here wow, for next imagine week. Imagine that. All right, my friend. So how we normally end our show, we do our final thought. Doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports related. It could be about anything going on in the world today. Uh, I am first this week, so my final thought is actually on. Uh, Juco college baseball player, Owen Wooder. If you don't know who Owen Wooder is, I would Google this. He's a pitcher for the North Texas Junior College who decided that he was going to change baseball into a football tackling drill uh, once a player hit a home run on him. Um, almost injured the, the, the kid pretty severely uh, with the tackle. Regardless of what was said, done, I agree with you with the unwritten rules of baseball. The next time the guy comes up, just beat him. That was just uncalled for. Uh, the, the the North Texas Junior College at least finally released the player because originally he was just suspended. I, I just don't understand the mentality. What would cause someone to do that? And then on top of it, you think about the fact that you got kids who are watching the game today and trying to pick some stuff up. And this is going to be everywhere. And this is not how you handle defeat. Uh, honestly, we've talked about it in the past. If you're going to 
win, then you win by being tough and continue to, to you know, chip away and, and do it that way. I thought this was just a coward act on a defenseless person. And regardless of what this person said, there was no need for that. It was just uncalled for. Should be ashamed of himself. This kid's never going to play baseball again. I'd be shocked if anybody even touched this kid again. So um, just as I kept watching the video, I was just disgusted by it. And uh, finally, uh, you know, him being released was a, a good outcome for that situation. That's my final thought. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. I did see that. It was incredible. It, I was stunned. All right. My final thought this week is obviously going to go into the hockey direction, and that is to one Mike Bossy and one Guy Lafleur. Look, the NHL has already lost too many people this year. And when you're losing quality players and quality people, like we have, it, it really, it really hurts a sport. Now the NHL is going to be mourning these, these great players, you know, for, you know, until opening day next year, when I'm sure there's going to be tributes, you know, by the NHL and the players around the league. And, you know, that was just to, too many, too many. And the Islanders are really taking it on the chin with Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy from those Stanley Cup championships. And, you know, it, it's just it's just heartbreaking to see all, you know, my players that I, you know, grew up watching, yeah. you know, go. But it hurt just as much this week to find out that Liz Sheridan Jerry Seinfeld's TV show mom passed away also. Oh, wow. And that hurt just as much because it's like, that's Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. It, it's it's one of the all-time great comedies, and Liz Sheridan is now gone, and, you know, we will never forget. Oh. So, yeah. Well, that's our show for tonight. Uh, thank you for joining. If you watch us live, we appreciate everybody that's walked. Chakra, Faceless, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, if you're watching us afterwards, check us out. Follow us on social media. Uh, we continue to grow. We love doing these sports shows for our fans. Tune in Thursday night, 8 p.m., NFL watch party for the draft. Uh, Ron might be licked up, so that'll be really fun to see. Uh, and uh, eating some whiskey dogs on top of it. So not only will he be consuming beverages, he will be eating foods that contain beverages <laughs> uh, beverages in it. So this should be a very interesting show. We'll try to get Kenny on with us, maybe some other people to join and have some fun with it. Uh, be one of our first. We've never done this. So we're excited to see how this turns out. Yeah, maybe. So make sure you join us. And tell us how you think the draft as it's going along. We'd love to hear some people. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to maybe on. get like Tez on here for during Indianapolis picks yeah. and stuff. Or some of these old so. older fans that that have been with us. And, you know, we'd like to get everybody involved. You know, that would be yeah, awesome. That would be pretty fun. That would be pretty so. fun. So, Ron, thank you for tonight. I appreciate it. Uh Always we'll see you on we'll see you on uh probably Monday or Tuesday for the uh NHL, NHL. ranking show. So Absolutely. I can't wait for that. And uh Thursday night, NFL draft. 
watch party. Let's have yes. some fun. All right. Everybody out there, let's get some uh, some peace in this world. <laughs>